0: Harland is very loud, yes.
1: Come on, man.
2: I've got, what is it, five, six different encounters lined up, ranging from they're going to laugh at you to this is going to kill all your people.
1: That full Steve Harvey mustache. Jesus, I'm jealous. <laughs> hey,
3: which would you rather have though? The the Steve Harvey mustache or the Steve Harvey teeth?
1: Ugh. Okay. So if I if I preface this whereas I read what I was supposed to read, but I still don't know what I'm doing. Is that okay? Uh
2: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Gimme Dilute podcast, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast that appears to own stock in the word royal based on the number of times it was used in our lore introduction. My name's Turner. I'll be your Dungeon Master and the voice of pre-show intros until we figure out a way to get a robot to do this for me. First off... Thank you for joining us. If this is your first time listening to us, I really do question your judgment as this is the second episode and there's like three other ones before this if you count trailers. So go ahead and go back, listen to the first one. I mean, thank you for showing up anyway. If you're rejoining us, Good job counting. Thanks for coming back. Just a couple of quick pre-show announcements. Number one, if you would please take the time to swing over to whatever platform, provide you with your podcast entertainment, and give us some feedback. Not only does it tell the algorithms that we're important, it validates our every waking moment. Check us out on social media. We're at gmdlcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you're old. And you can email us at dm for Dungeon Master at gmdlcast.com or if you want to email one of the cast members directly, you can just email them by their character name, like Todd with two d's, at gmdlcast.com That's pretty much it for this week. One last thing. This is the last episode before we switch over to a different recording platform, which made a huge difference in our audio quality. So we do appreciate your patience as we got those kinks worked out. All right, let's get on to it. Let's hop over to a quick cast intro, a recap, and then the first real adventure of the Party of Five. Once again, we're joined by Harland as... Todd the Teethlit. All right. We've got Jamie as...
3: Eldrin Thaneros. We've got Andrew. As Moyle Mossberg.
2: Anthony. Baba Tunding. And Jazz. Fate. So just a quick recap of where we left off last time. Todd, the Tiefling, Bounty Hunter extraordinaire, had tracked his quarry, the Gooch, and... Forest, the dwarf with an affinity for urinal cakes, where he um, I don't know, lured them into a false sense of security by completely ignoring them until they ambushed him. Chaos ensued, but at the end, the heroes came together, or the characters, I should say, heroes might be stretching it just a little bit to start. But the characters came together and trounced a couple of couple of belligerent dwarves, attracting the attention of the foreman of the lumberjack company present at the waypoint who offered you a potential job. And that's kind of where we're picking up from the last session. You guys all were offered a free voucher to stay at the Duckies Travel Lodge for the night to get a long rest. So you've all got a long rest. You've all got your uh, your spells back. Andrew, this, as a cleric, if you wanted to stock different spells this time around, you've got the opportunity to do that.
3: Do I have any gold? Are we rested?
2: Yeah, you guys are fully rested. You guys had a conversation with Banyan. He offered you a position. You guys accepted it. He gave you guys some complimentary vouchers for the Duckies Travel Lodge, where you spent the evening, and we are now the next morning into our story.
4: Did we collect the you No.
2: Know, so the way that bounties work is when, one, you have to be part of a licensed bounty hunting guild, which Todd is. I'm sorry, what was the name of your bounty hunting guild again, Todd? Bernadette's bounty hunter and banquet service. I remember there being alliteration. Bernadette's bounty hunting and banquet services. So Bernadette picks up contracts through the Seat of Nations, which is kind of the, the main arbiter of intercontinental uh, justice. And so they issue out these bounty coins, which are a about a fist size coin of an indeterminate ally that has the target's uh, picture on both sides. And if you capture the target live and bring him back, then you turn in the coin in the target and you get paid. If you don't capture the target live, if you happen to shoot them full of arrows... Hypothetically, Then you have to take the coin, place it on the corpse, which activates a zone of truth, and then you have to recite the names of people involved in the completion of the bounty, which creates a contractual obligation for the guild to pay out a portion to all the involved parties. Basically, long story short, Harland has to talk to the lumberjacks to find out where the bodies were stored and report who killed the bodies truthfully or who was involved in the death of the targets. He has to take it then back to Bernadette's to cash it in, or to an authorized representative of the seat of nations. So we have to have, to have the bodies,
0: no, you just gotta get coin first.
2: You got the coins, right? You put the coins on the bodies. You, you say an incantation. It activates the coins. You then have to state the target's name, your name, and are obligated to include anyone who helped you complete the bounty. And it's a zone of truth. It's a spell. And uh, I mean, you can try and resist it. That's something that we can we can deal with when you do it. But uh, at the end of the night, after the the head lumberjack kind of corralled you guys in the bar and offered you the position, his crew picked up the bodies and carried them away so you're going to need to talk to him to get access to the body
3: right and your pants are wet the entire time because you pissed yourself
2: we did leave off with moyle staring intently at your crotch but i was going to fast forward past that for all of our sake to you guys having a continental breakfast the next morning at the duckies So to set the scene, it is the next morning. You guys have woken up from your long rest, proceeded down to a modestly appointed road lodge lobby for your complimentary continental breakfast. After the altercation at the bar the previous evening, the head lumberjack had offered you an opportunity to act as a search party for some missing lumberjacks and had given you the vouchers to stay at the inn overnight. So it's about, let's say, 8.30, 9 o'clock the next morning. You guys didn't get up super early, but uh, didn't sleep in late either. Kind of gathered down in the, in the hotel lobby and are kind of milling around for a little bit. Do you guys want to discuss the bounty with each other or?
0: Uh, I mean, I'd just like to know, you know, when we're going to
4: get paid, Todd. What's up? Tarter, we are we all aware of how bounties work or no? Like, I mean, I know you just told us, but are our characters aware?
2: It's pretty common knowledge. The bounty hunting guilds are effectively like highway patrol. They're kind of an interstate police force that were established after the signing. The, um, the Treaty of Nations. So after the Treaty of Nations were signed, the Mercantile Guild, which had negotiated their way into some transcontinental trade rights and gave themselves some additional footholds in the in the different countries that participated in the treaty through the establishment of the winding ways and the waypoints, lobbied to have control over the bounty hunting aspect as well. But everybody was extremely, extremely leery of having that heavily a capitalist-oriented organization involved in any kind of murder for hire or law enforcement activity. So it's actually regulated by AMSOON, which is the uh, military-oriented country that provides peacekeeping forces for the member nations as well. So that's fairly common knowledge. I mean, you might not know the particulars, the, the different structures of the bounty hunting guilds or the fact that it is seen as bad hat that if you're a member of the guild to turn the coins in directly, you're Yourself because your guild takes a cut of your bounty and it's like jumping your boss basically by going in and turning them direct and cutting them out of the deal, which isn't illegal, but it's definitely tacky.
4: Okay, so we we just sitting around together now?
2: Yeah, I'm giving you guys a couple seconds to talk about the uh, bounty. I'd like to let you
1: guys know thank you for uh, yesterday. I had everything under control. Um, I had them right where I wanted them, but uh, I, I will to say thank you for the help, the assistance. And uh, I do believe that y'all can split about 25% of
3: the bounty. Is that, that sounds fair to you guys? Wait, are you saying that you're getting 75% of, that, of the bounty and we're only getting 25% split five ways, four ways?
1: That sounds about right, right? Mm,
3: That's, uh, I think you did about less than 25% of the work. Yeah. Unless you consider hiding behind the bar work.
1: <laughs> Whoa, I did work. I did a lot of
3: work. We'll let your guild decide. Once you tell the truth in the zone, they'll determine the
1: We don't have to involve that. We all know what
3: happened. Yeah, we do all know what happened. Yep,
1: seventy-five percent, twenty-five. You guys didn't do any of the tracking. I tracked them to that spot. Had them right where I wanted
3: them. Mm.
4: None of it is no matter if we don't do the favor for the for the lumberjack. True. We won't be able to get to the bodies.
2: And at that point, a large gentleman and his smaller assistant enter the room, both of them human, wearing the red and black tabards that you saw them in yesterday evening. And you recognize this as the, the head lumberjack and his assistant from the previous evening. He walks up and introduces himself. Oh, all right. You guys look like you're about ready to go. My name is Banyan. I'm the head guy here. I've got the authority to contract out for special services. The situation basically is uh, one of our crews just completely went missing. We haven't had any trouble since we established this post. We licensed the waypoint from the guild, uh, let's say about two months ago, feels like, and have built the place up. uh, And it's been smooth sailing. This has been fantastic logging country. DAC has been great. But unfortunately, I just, my crew just disappeared. And, you know, my guys are lumberjacks. They know how to swing an axe, but they're not trackers and they're not really fighters. So I just need somebody to go out there and, and check it out. How many people was in your crew? we were missing? Uh, six. Well, three crews of six. So 18 guys total. So it's a, a decent bunch of guys. The base camp is about six miles north of here, deeper into the woods. I mean, hell, some of them may still be out there, but I wasn't about to send more guys out there after the, 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 those, those dudes didn't come back. Was that no one shift? No, it was was three shifts. I mean, we, we run, kind of run a first, second, and third shift. That way the first crew comes out, logs it down, brings it back to the camp. They cart it up, and then they bring it back on the cart track, which runs down to a river about a mile to the south, and then we float them down to the mill.
4: You didn't notice anything strange until the third crew went
2: missing. Well, look, you know, it's, uh, they're lumberjacks. It's not, uh, you know, I mean, it's not like they're punching a clock regularly. They, you know, sometimes they, they get up to, you know, they got, I'm sure they've got a still up at that camp and maybe a couple of them slept over. Go ahead and roll an insight check. 19. Yeah, you definitely get a vibe that he is not being completely honest about. It took three crews disappearing for him to notice it. There's something absolutely weird about that statement.
4: Keep it to myself for the moment. I play it cool to the best.
2: So uh, here's the deal. You guys go out, find out what's going on. You know, hopefully you find my guys okay and bring them back. If you don't, you take care of whatever the problem is. You come back, I pay you off. I'll keep those other fellows on ice. Until you get back as collateral for the damage that you did to the duckies, you know, and then uh, you get this taken care of. I'll pay you. We'll we'll cut a deal on the damage to the duckies and I'll, I'll let you guys have those bodies. Uh, so exactly what are we getting paid for to find your crew and bring them back or to find out what happened? Well, if they're still alive, you bring them back. If they're not alive, you deal with whatever caused them to be in a not alive state. Ooh, okay, so it's not like, go there,
1: they didn't make it,
2: come back, I get paid.
1: I get paid.
2: We get paid. Yeah, Um. no, that yeah, that, that, that would be, that, I could send Piney here next to me out to go do that. I mean, I'm looking for somebody who can bring a little bit more to the table than walking up path and looking around. You send more people, they come back dead, or they don't come back. <laughs> yeah, no, if they came back dead, that'd be a totally different situation. The zombies are pretty actually easy to deal with. You know, the dead aren't that complicated. They're slow moving. We got the Palisade. Still not a
4: target. You scared of a fight. Do you, you not recall the last fight?
2: I'm about getting my money. If I can get my money without fighting, I think that's the smart thing. Well, look, are you guys interested? I mean, you know, if, if you're not, there's another caravan coming through that might have some other adventurers in it. I can maybe hit them up.
0: Don't listen to the tiefling. We got this. We can handle
5: this. It's the easy, easy job. Little tracking. Wonderful. Men of action. Exactly what I need to surround myself with. to Make sure I procure the coin I need.
2: So Piney, this entire time has been taking notes. He hands you each a form to fill out. He goes, "All right, uh, if you guys could just fill out the uh, Fantasy Ten Ninety Nine here that establishes you as contractors and sign these release forms that you know basically says we're not responsible that anything should happen to you in the woods, then uh, well, you guys are are, are good to go."
0: Is there any fine print on these documents that we should be reading, please?
2: Yeah,
5: Yeah, Fate is taking his document and looking over it super deeply. He mutters kind of aloud that the last time he signed a contract like this, things did not go out very well for him. So he's reading like literally every line of this thing to make sure.
2: Yeah, it does seem to have a lot of language about the different ways you could be killed. No. working for them um you know it goes it goes okay if you're if you're burned to death they're not responsible if you're eaten by a wild beast they're not responsible if you are eaten by something which is technically not classified by a, as a beast but kind of looks like a beast. be i mean it's like all the different indemnities that they set up for the different ways that you get seems seems really thorough
0: so there's no loopholes basically what we're seeing
2: no it's it's very cut and dry yeah okay It is very kind. They're not trying to screw you out of anything, but it does seem like they're not being completely honest about the level of threat that they have broadcast in the initial conversation versus the level of threat that is implied in your contractor paperwork.
5: So as he's going through this, he looks over to Fate, looks over to Piney. Piney? Piney? Is that correct? Yeah?
2: Yeah. 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 That's it.
5: Okay. So um, as I'm reading through here, I'm just seeing a lot of You know, things that you guys wouldn't be responsible for as far as us meeting our demise. I'm just wondering, Uh, what is the likelihood that we run into, you know, like all of this? Like, is this just a general statement or I feel like you guys have this in here because you've seen things like this that are in here already. (laughs) Yes?
2: So Piney looks at you, kind of cocks his head, and then looks over at Banyan. Banyan has wandered over to the Continental Breakfast Bar and is loading up a a plate with muffins and cantaloupe, all things. And he kind of looks at Banyan and then looks at you and then looks at Banyan and then looks at you and goes, and he's shaking his head left and right. He's like, no, there's absolutely nothing that we've seen. And then kind of in mid head shake, he starts nodding his head up and down. There's absolutely nothing that we've seen out in these woods that could be a serious risk to you guys. We're completely surprised by what's going on right now.
4: So is the lumberjack out of uh, earshot?
2: No, you guys are in close enough range that he would be able to hear you.
4: Would he hear me whisper?
2: I would let you do a stealth check for that against his perception, and we would we would see how that would pan out.
4: Let's go for it. I'll whisper to intimidate the little guy. Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> it was a one on the die automatic fail. <laughs> I whisper very loudly. We know there's more out there than you're telling us.
2: You see Banyan pop his head up. Well, you know what? Just for shits and giggles, we'll contest the four you just rolled on stealth. Hang on. He could have automatically failed as well, but not not so much. True that. <laughs> I will always give them just as big a shot to fail as spectacularly as you just did. So yeah, Baba, you get a four on your whisper stealth roll and stage whisper quite dramatically. And Banyan immediately picks up on it and goes, God damn it, Piney. I don't know what what, what you're doing trying to run these guys off we're going to end up paying twice what we should have to pay for a simple milk run out to the woods to pick up some drunk lumberjacks i thought i told you and he kind of comes over and he grabs piney by the the scruff of his red and black tabard and shakes him and you know piney drops his clipboard and he drags him outside you can hear some kind of muffled shouting through the doors and then Banyan comes back in by himself and picks up the clipboard and goes all right guys you got your paper signed are we are are we doing this what's going on Look, I don't know what ideas Piney gave you, but if I have to throw in a little extra cash because y'all are, are being timid about going out into the woods because you're a bunch of pathers, then uh, that's fine. Yep. Extra cash, please.
5: Do that. Turn that down.
2: That's all you had to say.
5: The hazard It definitely needs to be upped around here, given the information I've been given.
2: All right. Well, so well, what information were you given?
5: Um, You know, just this form here saying that all these things could potentially, you know, cause my demise. And that's new information that I didn't have.
2: Well, yeah, that's – I mean, that's a standard contract. I mean, I don't know what kind of work you do in the city there –
5: Listen, man, you've already made it very clear that you're willing to up the pay. And I'm telling you that the new information merits that up pay. So come with it.
2: All right. that That's fine. Just as long as we understand each other, it's a per individual contract. So, you know, if I say uh, we're going to give you 100 gold a piece for 500 gold total and only four of you come back, I'm only spending 400 gold. So uh, I'll up it. You know what? I'll, I'll bring it up to 125 a piece. Okay. Okay. I put my paw print on All right, excellent, Phil. So, if you guys will just uh, head out the north gate, uh, you'll find the the logging track. You guys can follow that right up to the base camp, and it's it's on you from there. Uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, you sound good. You sound you sound great. You're standing like a foot away from me. Why wouldn't I be able to hear you? You know, I mean, I know of work. We don't we don't use chainsaws. We're fantasy lumberjacks. We use axes. They're not as loud. The hearing loss is considerably lower. You can swing through the Duckies Trading Shop. They've got some general adventuring supplies if you guys need to stock up on anything before you hit the road.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I kind of need some arrows.
2: Yeah, they, they they got arrows. Here's a coupon for 5% off of everything. Awesome. It only takes care of the taxes, though.
4: <laughs> and, and, Jamie, just for reference, you can recover
3: half of the arrows you shoot in battle. Can I buy? Can I buy uh,
2: potions? From the flannel man? No I'm a I, I, I'm a lumberjack. I cut trees. You can go over to the, uh, the duckies. What kind of what kind of trees you cut down, huh the kind I like? Well, you know, see, here's the nice thing about DAC is uh, you've got a lot of different variety of trees across the region. On the upper northeast, you've actually got ash and elm. And in the main proper, you've got three different variety of oaks until you finally get into the western reaches where you actually get into some poplar and pine. Now, on top of that, the intrusion of the fey wild occasionally causes mystic energy to infiltrate some of the ancient groves. So that's what really attracted our company to come out to this. And I will go on for another 20 minutes about trees. Please
0: stop. Please stop. Please stop.
2: (laughs) This doesn't. I goddamn researched trees that would be in the region for this question. And I will keep going, motherfucker.
3: Oh, no. (laughs) These are not the kind of trees I was interested in
2: you like to know the kind of underbrush that you're going to be encountering, because there is some uh, elderberry that you're going to be out there uh, with. Um, are you anybody allergic to sumac? Because you might want to pick up some calamine.
5: OK, yeah. Let me go grab some
2: calamine. Then. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, they got that at the duckies just right across the, uh, the street. In the duckies, they sell potions and uh, such. Yeah, it's a general provisioner. I mean, it's not going to be like a super strong potion. It's going to be just a standard healing potion. But uh, yeah, they got everything you need. Oh, and they've got ducky nuggets, right? They do. We might need some snacks for that six mile hike. You got the ducky nuggets. They got the waddlers. You can get your picture with the ducky statue. A lot of people like to do that when uh, they come through on the long haul caravans. Their restrooms are super nice. Uh,
0: Urinal cakes all over the place. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, we have had a strange run on urinal cakes. I don't know what happened over the last couple of weeks, but they kept disappearing out of the restrooms, and I had to requisition a whole nother batch. And I'm I'm still going to have to explain that to the home office. Todd, you want to explain that to the guy? I didn't need no duck. I didn't need any urinal cakes. <laughs> uh, look what tieflings get up to in their free time. Am I right, fellas? Uh, no comment. I'm outside.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm walking to the store. I'll just see, see you
2: guys. <laughs> uh, you guys shuffle out. You know, you all had gotten there kind of towards the end end of the day when you arrived yesterday for traveling in from a couple of different directions, a host of different reasons. Todd is the only one who actually showed up after dark, but most of you were pretty road-weary. So this is your first time getting a really good look at the waypoint itself. This is very much a, a waypoint that is stocked primarily with mercantile Gill-funded organizations. Some of the waypoints will be contracted out to smaller businesses, but this one is 100% Mercantile Guild franchises all the way. You've got the Duckies Provisioners, the Duckies Bar and Grill, uh, which you guys busted up last night, the Duckies uh, Road Lodge, where you spent the evening and had a, you know, respectable continental breakfast. The McCobolds and the Durger King aren't owned by the Mercantile Guild, but there's a heavy partnership there and they are absolutely a huge chain. The only thing that's not actually run and owned by the Mercantile Guild or part of a huge chain is in fact, the lumberjack offices, uh, which occupy the northeast corner of the waypoint, and there's uh, there's three large longhouses which would serve as the offices and barracks, made of you know they're log they're very nicely constructed log cabin structures that look to be probably about four or five months old. They've been here for a little bit. Baba and Eldrin, give me some perception checks. Baba, you do notice that the Palisade, it doesn't match any of the other waypoints that you saw as you were traveling through Sama to get on the boat to start your journey. Eldrin, you particularly notice that the Palisade appears to be relatively recently constructed. It's weird for a waypoint to be fenced off. They're generally considered safe spaces and the enchantments in the winding ways provide a general level of protection that doesn't require any kind of defensive perimeter. But there is a 15-foot tall palisade encircling the waypoint that looks to be fairly new. The tar is still glistening like it's a little bit wet and it doesn't appear that the pointed tips that the logs have been sharpened down to is really cured from being out in the sun for, you know, maybe more than a couple of weeks. So you can intuit from what Banyan said regarding how long they've been in the camp or how long they've been here versus how long they said at the palisade that it is, there's a disconnect between how long they've been here and how long that's been built up. Um, the other thing that you notice is the Palisade is beyond the border of the waypoint itself. Waypoints are all generally constructed the same way, where the, uh, the bricks of the winding way will enter into a large circular plaza where the businesses are set up. The Palisade almost doubles that area and encompasses a hot spring, which would normally have been outside the perimeter, but is, is now inside the perimeter of the Palisade. So you guys head over to the Fantasy Duckies. You step in and it's a very well provisioned store. There is a human behind the counter wearing a yellow shirt with a, a little, little cap on that looks like it's a duck bill. He kind of nods as you walk in and they have every type of mundane item that you could particularly need if you were fixing to head off on a journey. They absolutely have arrows, Eldrin. You can pick up healing potions. They're 50 gold a pop. Well, I can't afford that, I don't think. I don't think I have any. I have 10 something. Gold? Yeah, GP. Yeah, ten gold pieces isn't going to get you a, a healing potion.
3: Uh, could I roll for charm?
2: <laughs> so walk walk me through what you want to do here. Uh, you want to walk up and you want to cast charm, person on the the guy working the counter. Is that what you're what you're getting at?
3: Uh, yeah, you know, maybe pull up the pants, show the leg. you know, get him a little taste of the
2: goods. Well, there's two different ways you can do this. So as a trickster cleric, you do have the spell Charm Person, where you literally can cast a spell where this guy thought he was your best friend. He'll get to attempt to save against it, whether he saves or not. He will know that you cast a spell on him either uh, when he resists it or after it wears off. But uh, if you're successful, then yeah, you probably can talk him into it. The other way would be for you to try and literally talk him out of a couple of potions we can role play through that if you want
3: uh nice what do you what do you think we should do i'm just gonna buy my arrows please uh be you know let's do a little role play
2: so you you roll up to the counter and the guy goes hey sir welcome to duckies it's a duckerific day what can i get for you uh
3: can i please get uh a potion, a good healing potion, a couple of good healing potions. How much might that
2: add? Yeah, the, the healing potions are over on aisle six. They're 50 gold apiece. Okay, so uh,
3: I walk over, I grab two healing potions and walk back to the counter. And I say to the guy, what's his name? He must be wearing a name tag.
2: It's Skip. His name tag says Skip.
3: Hey, Skip. Uh, Hello, sir. I forgot my wallet in my caravan
2: oh i'm so hard sorry to hear that sir uh let me just let me go grab it okay and i he reaches forward and grabs the two healing potions and slides them in front i'll just i'll put these right here for you when you come back with your money uh <laughs> <laughs>
0: You might need some help from Todd, man.
2: You got me <laughs>
5: <laughs> The easiest foil plan ever.
2: <laughs> just going to walk right out. I would have been better off trying just to shoplift <laughs> instead of walking up. and would like, hey, uh, I'm going to steal these. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let me tell you that I'm going to take. That.
3: <laughs> all right, so I walk, I walk out the door, and I see that there's no caravan there because I don't own a caravan. And then I walk back in.
2: There is actually a long haul caravan pulling into the waypoint. It's about five carriages, which four of which are are hauling trade goods, and there's two passenger carriages, and they're all kind of jumping out, and the passengers are stretching a little bit, like they're about to head into the duckies, but they're not there yet. What, uh, what are they hauling? So you're going to have some grain. There's going to be some ore. There appear to be some military goods, not necessarily weapons, but some barding, some, you know, some military style saddles and bridles and then mostly raw goods. I mean, there's a little bit of finished stuff here and there. looks like maybe there's some furniture in the third one. But nothing, nothing really worth stealing. No. How close am I to this? So am I, can I, wit- am I witnessing all of this? It's a convenience store. So yeah, it's like you guys walked into a 7-Eleven. <sighs> How many work there? How many people are Yeah, just right now you can just see Skip behind the counter. No cameras, no magical cameras anywhere. Can I, can I check for that? Yeah, give me a perception check to case the joint.
3: It's happening right now. I'm trying to help y'all out.
2: The dude <laughs> who can cast healing spells has gone off the rails on trying to get some potions. Oh, yeah, with a 12, you are pretty sure that Skip is the only person in the front of the store. Is Moyle still talking to him, or is he outside the store? No, you saw Moyle have a quick conversation with him and then go wander outside. Moyle, <laughs> have you come back in yet? And- quick conversation.
3: I'm you know, yeah. I'll walk. I'm walking back in the store with the group. Hey,
2: sir did you uh, did you get your wallet?
3: Uh, my uh, my caravan left without me.
2: Oh my goodness! I am so sorry to hear that. Well, I guess I can put these back on the shelf unless you uh, would want to come to another arrangement.
3: <laughs> what uh? What are you looking for, Skip?
2: Well, you know, as a mercantile-sponsored organization, Duckies believes that there are many forms of payment and that adventurers or or people who are traveling, not just adventurers, can occasionally find themselves strapped for cash. But we see these as opportunities to make an investment in your future. So what we can do is uh, I can give you these two potions and then uh, you would just, you know, give me a couple of drops of your blood.
3: Wait, what? doesn't seem like a good idea. Uh So Why do you want my blood? What are you going
2: to do with my blood? Well, as a dragonborn, your blood has magical properties, so there's some inherent value there. But then also, if we ever felt like we needed to um, get the payment back out of you with a little interest, the blood would let us find wherever you are at on the continent.
0: Huh. They're going to send God after you.
2: Can I pocket pocket some healing potion while this is going on? Can certainly roll a sleight of hand check.
3: You're just sticking up this. Can I, uh, can I know what's going on and uh, feign attempting to cut myself?
2: No, you see, while he's talking to you, you see him kind of glance over towards Todd and then go, one second, sir. And then reach under the counter and you hear like a a slight tapping. And he goes, hold on a second, sir. I'm just going to need a moment. He uh, walks out from behind the counter and walks over to Todd and goes, oh, uh, sir, do you need help carrying those to the counter to pay for them? Because I noticed you just put them right in your pocket as if you were having trouble. Faith's
5: going to start making his way to the door. (laughs)
2: um yeah i
1: did put these in there but i was only holding them for moyle oh okay well
2: moyle if if you're gonna need to do a trade for four healing potions then you know we could maybe um we could maybe do uh let's say eight drops of your blood and a few uh scrape off a few scales god damn
3: Something sounds really fishy about this.
2: Roll an Arcana check for me, there, Moyle. Yeah, you know for a fact it would be a terrible idea to give a hyper-capitalistic organization any of your blood or skin, because God knows what they're going to do with it.
3: Damn, I know what the government's already done with some people's blood. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm just gonna, and then I. Throw out the charm person spell.
2: I know Fate went outside. Baba, what have you been doing this entire time? I never went in. Oh,
4: okay. (laughs) Yeah, I I said i stay outside when when they went in. I didn't need supplies.
2: You see Fate come out with a a look on his face like, man, this is not going well. Elbin, (laughs) where are you at as well?
0: Uh, I'm just going to grab these arrows over here (laughs) and just plop them on the counter and just, you know, stand there until this guy finishes talking to
4: Moyle. He's in the middle of being charmed.
2: <laughs> so I gotta roll higher than a twelve or we will cast charm person. So I will do this one in roll twenty, because this is gonna go really ugly really fast if he if he passes. It's ugly either way. <laughs> and he failed. He got an eight. Okay, so I take
3: my staff which has the head of a the shrunken head of an orc on it and smoke starts coming out the eyes and the mouth and the room gets dark, uh, starts flashing light and the skip's eyes start rolling in the back of his head and he thinks he's having a wet dream.
2: It's a great spell description. The smoke comes out. He inhales it. If you believe he's having a wet dream, he's having it about you. Because when his eyes pop back open, he goes, Moyle, oh, my God, man, I am sorry that I have been giving you such a hard time about those. They're just just healing potions. Why don't, and he kind of looks around a little bit. Why don't you go ahead and just take those and get out of here, buddy? Thank you, Skip. No, no, Moyle. Thank you. And then uh,
3: Todd and I skedaddle. Eldrin, what are you doing?
0: Eldrin lets out a long sigh and then plunks down the coin that the arrows would cost on the counter and just walks <laughs> out <down> the door. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous.
2: It's like three silver. It's not even worth writing down on your character. Okay. You got your arrows, <laughs> your
0: uh, so, So we're all outside now.
2: <laughs> yeah you guys have got an hour before skip knows that moyle magically roofied him
4: yeah skip will know <laughs> can we get on with it so uh time to go yeah let's go yeah it seems like we need to get out of here Baba's very confused by their sudden expediency he's
1: <laughs> don't even worry about it this
3: is... <laughs> hey uh todd let me get those healing potions uh that'll cost you five gold oh my! God. get out of here now here you go. Here you got. Hey, that was great, right? It was not fun to watch.
1: Would have been better without the the wet the wet in his pants.
2: But I, I see I see where you went. <laughs> like if anybody's going to judge people for having wet pants, Todd, it shouldn't be you. Ooh, We need to head out to town going north.
3: Come on, Todd. Everyone appreciates a money shot.
2: There was a little stain. There was a little stain. <laughs> I don't think there was. I don't think there was. No, not for you, but for the guy that just got charmed. It's a fairly wide and decently traveled cart track that runs north from the waypoint into the woods. Clearly, trees have been cut down several months ago to create the uh, the pathway which the lumberjacks have been bringing the timber back from the woods. And it's, you know, it's an extremely pleasant walk as you guys head out. It is a lovely spring, spring day. Bandon was absolutely right. The forests here are incredible. As Eldrin could tell you, Dak is extremely scenic and large. Largely unsettled. So as soon as you guys get away from the waypoint about a mile out, it is incredibly thick forest and undergrowth on each side of the path. Right around five miles, you guys start going up a slight incline, up a gentle rise, and that's when you come across the base camp. It has been set up in what appears to have been a natural clearing at the peak of a hill. The logging track runs along the what would be the east side of the camp. So if you're imagining it as kind of effectively a big circle, which it very much is a larger regular circle, on the western side of that big circle would be where the track runs as you guys are coming up. So as you look kind of off the right-hand side of the track, you see what could be basically described as the most professional non-military camp you've ever seen. There are two rows of tents set on the northern perimeter, a large bonfire which had been set up. It's not currently burning, but you can see where the timbers had been stacked to start an evening fire. The ground is extremely well tended and looks like the vegetation has been tramped down from travel from the row of tents on the northern side to around the the bonfire which sits at the center of the clearing off a little bit to the east at the perimeter of the woods where it appears the latrines were dug right off of the bonfire a little bit to the south of it so you can see them as soon as you walk in there is a a body there's a person laying sprawled out with their arms kind of tucked under them like if they'd tripped and fallen and tried to catch themselves but weren't able to hold themselves up and kind of collapsed on top of it it's a human above average size they're kind of facing away from you so they're they're kind of perpendicular to the track that you're on so you can see like the bottom of their boots as you're looking to them uh, and they're nice boots they're very you know these these lumberjacks are very well appointed. The, the lumberjacking company clearly sets their guys up well. He is wearing the black and red tavern of one of the, uh, the lumberjacks.
4: Proceed to investigate the body.
2: All right, who all who all's going where?
0: I cautiously follow to investigate the body as well. I want to know what the hell's going on.
3: I follow behind. About how far away was the body
4: when we noticed it?
2: Okay, so the entire camp, let's say, is about 300 feet across. The bonfire is dead center, so he, it would be 150 feet away from where you guys are at.
0: Do, do we smell anything funky coming from that general direction? Like, has it been there a while?
2: No, you're not getting any odors. Is the fire burning? No, in fact, you can see ashes, and it almost looks like there are timbers set up kind of in a pyramid pattern to where it would be ready to go. For an evening's fire, but there's no smoke rising from it or even any embers. It's clearly been out for a little bit.
3: It's still daytime though, right?
2: Yeah, you guys are, you know, it's probably, I would say, close to noon.
3: Is it uh, cloudy out? Is it rainy? Is it like the northwest?
2: No, it's a it's a clear clear blue sky. Some slight clouds.
3: Um, do we see any movement from this guy? He just seems like a still body.
2: No, he's he's just sitting there. But after about I don't know forty five seconds of you guys staring at him, you do hear. Uh, <sighs>
3: so my spell went all the way out to this campment. <laughs> I continue to walk up to him.
0: I shout out, are you okay? <laughs>
3: All you get back
2: is a...
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Am I close enough to see anything actually wrong with him yet?
2: And you can see in front of the tents, there's some additional camping accoutrements set up, um, some pots and pans, a couple of axes lined up against this one area, kind of stacked. In really kind of a cool way where like if you were lumberjacks and you needed to stack your axes at the end of the time and you are bored in the woods, you'd come up with a creative way to lean your axes together. That's That's what it looks like. But no, as you get up to him, again, it just looks like a a, a normal human lumberjack face planted into the soil. He doesn't move at all. Uh, he's got one, like his left knee is maybe uh, drawn in a little bit more, but both arms are pinned underneath him. I
4: flip it with my foot.
2: Okay. And I'm sorry, would you guys give me an indication where everybody's at?
3: Oh, I, I think I was in front and with.
0: Yeah, I'm slightly behind him, but I am walking with him.
3: Uh, let's say about ten feet back. Mm, I'm ten feet behind Baba.
2: So, so it's Baba at the body, and then Moyle and Eldrin ten feet back. Fate and Todd, where are you guys at? Probably where Moyle's at. I have yeah. I'm. I did not take steps forward when I saw the body. If you're with Moyle, you're ten feet back from Baba. Are you saying you just stood on the road and watched everybody else go up and actually do the work? Yes. Sounds you're like Todd. So, yeah. And I'm sorry, Fate. Where did you say you were?
5: Fate is right behind Baba.
4: Right over his shoulder.
2: Okay. Everybody except Todd give me a dexterity saving throw. Ooh.
4: Is this a is this something I can see?
2: No, unfortunately, as you, you go and kick the body, it rolls over and it had been positioned on top of look, well, it was a it was a giant sheep bladder filled with a strange liquid and it explodes, spraying all four of you with this really rancid smelling fluid. Eldrin, give me a survival check. Yeah, even with only getting a seven, I will say that you can recognize this as deer piss. You guys have tripped some kind of bizarre trap that exploded and has covered you guys with deer urine, rancid deer urine. So you guys reek at this point. You can at this point identify the body. He's absolutely dead. Recently so. One other thing that you'll notice right away is he does not have any hands. They have been chopped off somewhat less than cleanly. Underneath him, laying on the ground after you flip him over besides the strain strain bladder mechanism which has now been punctured and deflated, you see a rock with a small face carved on it. After you guys get doused in the deer urine, you can hear a voice come out of the rock go (laughs) and then go silent
3: um do we know that voice like is it the small guy that was with the lumberjack
2: no it is not piney in fact it didn't sound quite human or gnomish i'll give you those two does
5: fate recognize the face
2: of the dead lumberjack on the rock yeah on the rock give me an arcana check with a seven you can tell that this is probably some kind of enchanted rock
4: me actually knowing the enchantment. Um, can I do a survival check to know what deer piss would attract in this area?
2: You're not from this area, so it's going to be a pretty high DC, but you can give it a shot. Oof. Okay. So I, with a 21, I will say that Baba, while he may not necessarily be from this area, definitely has spent some time talking to uh, some of the trappers in northern Dak when he landed up in the Bay of Toba. And you know it's going to attract predators. Plus, you guys smell really goddamn bad. Eldrin, you've been in the area recently dealing with a bear problem. So you guys can put two and two together that you are more than likely at risk for bear.
4: Okay. Is there any water nearby? Like road, rivers?
2: Or- Six miles back. If you go five miles back to the logging camp and then a mile further south, you can get to the river they float the logs on. But that would be the closest body of water that you have around you.
3: Is there like a bathing area? Some sort of canteens of water that they keep at this
2: encampment? They totally have like a portable spa set up. I didn't draw that in on the map. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me get the hot tub. No, there's no, there's no bath or shower area set up. There's
5: the latrines over there.
2: Yeah, the yeah. latrines are a ditch that the lumberjacks pooped in. To their credit, it is a fantastically drugged latrine. It's behind a slight windbreak, so the scent of it's not going to blow into the camp. And there's a cover on it that looks like a couple of planks have been laid across. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very professional latrine.
1: Do we know what which way the wind is blowing? Like, is it to our backs? Well, front is t- Todd would like to stand upwind. I mean, he does not want to, th- doesn't want to smell
2: them. That would put you over by the tent. Then Todd, the wind is coming in from the east, which is blowing deeper into the forest. I'm sorry, Baba, I didn't get what you were saying. Tracks. But yeah, you guys can search around and look for tracks. Give me a survival check. Everyone or- uh, I would say Baba and Eldrin, and you could, Todd. I don't think Fate and Moyle are really trackers, and that's certainly evidenced by Moyle's role. A nice one. Todd rolled a one.
4: <laughs> Todd follows his own tracks. Walking around in a
2: circle. Moyle got a three, Eldrin got a 13. Hey, do you have advantage on survival, Baba? No,
4: I don't. Did I roll twice? Yeah, you rolled twice. No, this other survival check was to see what the piss mill would do.
2: All right, sorry, yeah. my bad. So with 13, yeah, you guys can tell there are definitely some additional tracks going along the cart path to the north that don't appear human. They're considerably smaller, three-toed humanoid tracks heading to the, the north along the logging track.
4: Humanoid. Mm, I found tracks Come this way, and I start going where the tracks go. Uh, I follow the tracks as well.
2: This was an encampment, right? Yeah, this was the loggers' camp. Can we not search inside any tents or anything? You absolutely can search. You can search inside the latrine. You can search inside the tents. You can search inside the bonfire. You can search anywhere you'd like to search. I like say that's some of the tents. There are two rows of six tents. The tents are all tied shut. Give me a number between one and 12 of which tent you're looking at. Seven. Seven. It's got a couple sleeping bags in it. An issue of uh, Lumberjacks Monthly, the swimsuit issue, actually, of Lumberjacks. <laughs> it's a lot of dwarven women, a lot of beards. Lumberjacks are very clearly under beards. But uh, nothing, nothing of interest. Or was it of interest? <laughs> so can I make an assumption that this is gonna be what pretty much most of them look like? Or do I have to go and check every single one? You could make whatever assumption you'd like to make, but if you want to know what's in the tents, you need to look in the tents. Let's go to let's go to tent number seven. No, I'm just seventh. Um one, sorry. You said tent number one? Let's see what's behind tent number one! Give me a perception check as you're opening up tent number one, Harland. With an 11, you can definitely hear something moving around inside the tent as you approach is it. Is this, it... Sound Is it like a, a large rattle, or is it more like... With an 11, you can definitely hear something moving around inside the tent.
3: Does he call for backup?
1: Yeah, uh, guys, I, I hear something in this tent. <laughs> does, does anyone want to check out this tent with me, or... oh
4: uh, come with you. We got these tracks over here. I mean, we're following these tracks. <laughs> I stop because I hear Todd the Tiefly.
1: This is a huge encampment, and there's probably some other clues besides the tracks.
4: I I'll, I'll stop and wait, but I haven't I haven't moved off of the tracks though.
1: All right, I'm I'm going in. I'm going in full full force. So you're like diving
2: into the tent. Mm-mm. <laughs> A bus open the tent. Summer salt. Yes, yes. Ninja roll. Ninja rolling into the (laughs) tent? Okay. It's unfortunate you ninja rolled into the tent because the skunk that has been uh, positioned (laughs) in the tent is immediately freaked out by your sudden movement and sprays you quite heavily before darting out the tent and scampering off into the woods. You guys see Todd do this really badass ninja move as he dies in. And here, and then a skunk comes bolting out of the tent, dashing off into the woods. Shit!
4: Now we stay away from you because you smell. Well, Todd, at least you don't smell like deer
3: piss anymore.
1: <laughs> Furious now. He doesn't want to check any more tents. Menace now
2: is now begrudgingly run, walking towards the tracks. <laughs> okay, You guys get back on the cart track and, you know, walk for another good three or four hours deeper and deeper into the woods. As you guys get further in, you can see the progress that the uh, lumberjacks have made in thinning out the underbrush at the edge of the trail. Slowly starts recedes till eventually the trail itself narrows till it's not quite single file i mean it's about a little bit wider than a cart but previously it had been big enough for the car for a cart to go down it loaded down with timber and, and guys to kind of march along at each side and as they've gone deeper and deeper they haven't has had the opportunity to spend as much time clearing it out and kind of putting the infrastructure in place that they needed to do what well, shells marching order Bob? are you out in front Eldrin? where are you at where are you guys how are you guys walking
3: yeah i'm still in front pods oh, all the way in no, Todd's all the way in back because he smells like shit.
2: <laughs> I don't smell like it. We
3: all smell like shit. We all smell like deer piss. Yeah. Todd smells like a skunk.
0: I'll go behind Baba. I'll be second.
1: I was gonna be behind when I was the only one not smelling, but now it doesn't matter. We all smell. But yes, I'll be. I'll be. I'll be. I'll take the rear. I'll be third.
5: Fate, however, insists on being the last in line here. Okay. Last time we were all lined up, bad stuff happened. Fate didn't like it.
2: <laughs> so other than being forced to smell the way that you smell, the next couple hours are incredibly uneventful. You, in fact, you guys walk to where it's about sunset, following the tracks as they go deeper and deeper into the woods. But you've reached a point now where you guys have to make a decision if you want to keep going deeper into the woods at night or if you want to stop and camp for the night. Well, oh, that's
4: night
5: this I have night.
2: I have night vision too. I I have night vision.
5: Everybody about the dragon, I believe.
3: I don't have night vision? Nah. Nah. Dang. Do you have a torch? I don't know. Is there any wood around us? I
0: have a torch if you need
3: one. I have torches, yeah. We can hand you a torch. I just I could I could like do sacred flame I have sacred flame. That shoots radiant firebolt. Could I try and catch it on like a stick?
2: <laughs> you mean like a torch? <laughs> We
3: could just hand you a torch. Yeah, I got like a (laughs) big one. I'm just trying to be creative.
2: There was an item that you could carry that was was like a stick that you could set on fire just for those purposes. It would help me see in the dark. What is this? Do I
3: need a a charm this individual? Charm the torch? Quick, what dream? Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Baba and Eldrin give me survival checks.
4: Why do we keep rolling the same number?
2: <laughs> you guys question the sensibility of tracking deep into the woods after nightfall. But I mean, hey, if the gang's all into it, you're you're willing to go with it. Uh,
4: unimportant to party. We, it's, it's dangerous to travel at night. We should stop now.
0: I guess you guys can't handle it. It's fine. We can stop.
5: Baba, what, what makes you say that it is more dangerous to travel at night than it would be at day?
4: More creatures are out.
5: More. Oh, all right. Fair enough.
1: Is it fair enough? You don't know much about this area.
5: That's true that there will be more people. <laughs> that is
4: true that I don't.
1: Doesn't Eldrin know the animals in the area?
4: I'm not worried about it. But hey, if we want
1: to stop. Eldrin isn't worried about it. I say we go. Uh,
4: I'm all for democracy.
2: All right. You guys put it to a vote. Are you guys camping or are you going to go trudging through the woods at night? I trudging.
5: So I'm going to vote with Eldrin. All right. I, too, am voting with Eldrin. I
0: say that we can handle this and let's just get it
2: done. Okay. You guys are going to have to start making survival checks to keep on the trail then. And even with dark vision, it's going to be a little bit tricky at night, but you certainly can keep doing it. So you guys come to the conclusion to keep traveling through the evening and about a mile past where you're currently at. The tracks diverge northeast off of the miners track into what appears to be like a little footpath that winds through the woods. It's definitely less traveled. So Eldrin and Baba give me survival checks. Moyle, as a sailor, I don't think you're necessarily, you can certainly give me one at disadvantage for being in the woods. Same thing with Fate. Toddle. what let you do one at regular. Although Eldrin with a 20, you're able to see that the tracks have diverged off and are definitely going down this trail and uh, you can actually get a count now of about seven or eight people just by looking at the different ways that the, the foot pattern were clustered together and then kind of broken up and then kind of came back together you can kind of see where it had split up and come back together so so
0: are we at a stop right now are we like stopped and and looking at this path are we do we just are we still walking yeah we're following it that's up to y'all i just want to everyone just hold up for a second just because i just there's like seven people that are going to (laughs) be coming up down this path i think so we might want to just uh take it slow and and not just rush into this
4: so suggest that we, are, we have two trackers right
2: yeah so uh Eldrin and baba i would say you guys are from your backgrounds Eldrin definitely okay. have a ranger baba with as a as a barbarian from sama on walkabout and and todd i'll give todd the ability to do sur- survival six fate and moyle can do them but they're going to do them at disadvantage okay because moyle is a sailor and fate is a librarian
4: I'll go to the back of the line so that the two trackers are keeping the party going in the correct direction.
2: Cool. All right. So you guys are heading eastwards onto the side trail. About another hour passes. It's thoroughly night. So Eldrin, you're the you're the lead at this point? Yes. Go ahead and give me a perception check. Is the moon out? It's actually not. It is a new moon. It is an extremely dark evening. But still, despite that, Eldrin, being an accomplished woodsman, he can see a side track off this footpath that appears like somebody tried to hide it, like it's got a bush kind of hastily pushed in front of it, and a separate set of footprints goes off that way. So now there's a, a group of what would be, you would guess to be about six people now, going down the main track to the east, and then there's there's... there's this little side path that one person split off on that heads more to the north. So directly east and then northeast.
0: Let's investigate the side path a little bit closer. Is there anything else like that stands out about like this bush that he tried to cover it with or is it just...
2: You can give me an investigation check if you want to try and really scope out. Sure, yeah. Oh shit, i Nat 20. How are these rolls? It's an alderberry. Judging by the leaf spread, you can tell it's been growing in slightly acidic soil. And you can also tell from the way that it's been bent back and pulled forward a number of times that this appears to be something that somebody has regularly pulled back and moved back into place to cover up the entrance to this this pathway. It looks like maybe they did it in a hurry this time, or it would have been a lot harder for you guys to find it.
4: Hopefully
0: something odd going on here. You guys want to check it out, or do you want to keep following these other guys? because someone
3: broke off this way. Should to do a perception
1: check? Going with the, the guy who found the, the
2: trail. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going his direction. Okay, so it, uh, the main path is going to the east, kind of deeper into the woods, and the trail is slowly becoming less defined, but you guys go off on this footpath. You push the elderberry bush out of the way, and are you guys stealthing, or are you just tromping through, or, yeah, is, are you guys making any kind of effort to... I would prefer
0: to be keeping it slow and, and trying to at least be somewhat quiet so that we're not alerting anyone that we're coming.
1: Well, we, we do have someone with a torch in the party. It's kind of hard to be stealthy with a guy with a torch. That is true. You could put it out. He can't see. He better hold hands with somebody.
0: Yeah, Todd, you're in the back. Hold his hand.
1: Not in the back.
3: Baba's in the back, right? Yes, Baba's in the That's back. That's right. Okay. How about I go right in front of Baba so Baba holds my hand? Or puts a hand okay. on his shoulder.
2: <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> All right. So th- this little sidetrack heads off to the Northeast and then kind of dog legs back to the North a little bit more. And it circles around to where it looks like it's getting vantage on the main path. And it actually kind of goes up a little bit of a rise and you guys circle around and there's another little clearing that you can see much smaller. It's not like the big 300 foot, you know, football field camp that the lumberjacks ran. This is a much smaller, about a 15 foot diameter clearing. And on the far side of it, Away from where you guys have come up on the path, there is a single humanoid shape kind of crouched looking down over the main footpath you would have been on if you just came walking by. He's hunched over a little bit, and he has a crossbow, and he's got a little little cloak pulled up. But he's, I would say, about three feet tall, and you can see maybe like a little tail poking out the back of the cloak. But you guys have, have snuck up onto this guy.
5: Okay, cool. So do all of us know that this is, like, we all see him, correct?
2: Well, not me, right? You've all got a clear enough line of sight.
5: How far away is he from us at this point? Well, let me just ask you this way. Is he within 15 feet of me?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. The entire clearing is 15 feet wide.
5: I want to ready an action and then call out to him. Okay. So the ready to action is I'm going to cast a spell if he behaves at any point aggressive to me after I announce myself. okay. All right. Can I can I draw my bow? <laughs>
2: Why are we announcing ourselves? <laughs> that's what i am doing. I'm sneak attack immediately. Do you guys want to try and come up with a plan before fate just goes Rambo on this guy? Or he definitely did go Rambo.
5: Yeah, I'm not going Rambo. I promise. I promise. Yeah, it's, it's it's a ready action. So if the thing doesn't, but he's going to yell at him. Yeah, that's the part
0: that I don't know. Yeah, I'm not.
5: I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I, I, I'm. I'm gonna try and peacefully resolve the situation. We don't know what's going on right here, right now. You're right. You're right. But he's got a crossbow
2: and he's sitting there
1: framed on where we would have been and we not went that direction backstabbing immediately.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm going to start a timer. You guys have 60 seconds to whisper out a plan to each other and and, then tell me what you want to do. I mean,
5: Todd, can you get closer in stealth over there? Like, so I I was just going to walk up and then if he at at any point turns that crossbow at me, I'm going to blind him. Okay. That seems like he knows He doesn't know we're coming from this side, though. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't know know we're behind him.
1: We don't know who's with him. We don't know anything. We see one guy there, which
5: is also why we we don't know the full story why he's bad. Yeah, right. We need answers.
3: What if I cast thaumaturgy away from him, distracts him, and then someone grabs him?
1: I murder him because I feel he was going to murder me.
3: You could just incapacitate him. Okay, but let's save the murdering
5: for after we find out whether or not he was going to murder us. Yes, I think the best plan we got right now is still you, fate. All right, cool. I got his vote. Anybody else? Any 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 nays?
1: I'm still for murder, but okay, I'm, I'm democracy.
5: I think every. Everybody's nade that vote. Okay, so Fate walks up, just kind of gets within about 10 foot and says, Hello there, Fate here.
2: Okay, Fate, halfway through the clearing, you're going to need to give me a dexterity save. Damn it. (laughs)
5: Damn it, damn it, damn it. Oh! Is that a four? That looks
4: like an 18 on my screen. Can you get a cock dye? I didn't know you could do that on Roll20. It looks like an 18.
2: It's a seven. And all right, so everybody, real quick, roll initiative for me because we're gonna have something happen here. I got a 20. I did. did I, look at this crap. I'm not rolling 20. Something's broken. God damn it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we dubbed it. all rolled 20. That's crazy.
2: Royal rolled a 20 on initiative. Todd rolled a 20 on initiative. Eldren rolled a 19. And Baba rolled a friggin' 20.
5: No, no, no. So you got to remember that it's, it's keeping the, the roll and the stats. So what we got is we rolled a 19. We rolled a 17. We rolled a 17. We rolled a 16 plus the mods.
2: Still, 320s, natural or dirty, it doesn't matter. <laughs> 320s is still friggin' ridiculous. So what'll happen is, because the way this is going to go down, Moyle, Baba, and Eldrin will react at the same time. So Bate does total hand signals.
5: It's just just a pleasant wave, and hello there.
2: And it's about halfway through the clearing, and you hear him start to speak up, and then immediately he disappears from view as he drops into a pit trap and takes seven points of damage as you fall 20 feet into a pit trap, at which point the little dragon man spins around, points his crossbow at you, and yells, He's pointing at you
5: in the pit.
2: Uh, no, pointed at the three dudes that are about to probably nuke him. But all right, Moyle, Baba, and Eldrin, tell me what you guys are doing because it's all happening at the same time.
3: So all three of us took seven points damage?
2: No, no, just be You guys see Fate start to walk into the middle of this clearing and then just drop straight down into a covered pit trap that had been obscured, at which point what appears to be a little tiny dragon dude spins around and points across. He's like a, little, he's like a three-foot version of you, Moyle.
3: Okay, okay, got
4: it. Is the pit trap uh, small enough for Go around
2: you guys could very easily avoid it as long as you didn't just walk up straight through the center of the clearing <sighs> no no this is uh this is standard tactics for these guys you can see that this guy's a little bit older he doesn't necessarily look like he's in the best health like he's green but it's kind of like a molt. this is not like a top healthy looking little dragon dude this guy looked like he's definitely seen better years but what if i
3: cast thaumaturgy from state Location to the guy to stun
2: him. Thaumaturgy not going to stun anybody. It, it's a cosmetic kind of spell. Would it scare him if I my voice boomed? You could try and do an in- intimidation check. Tell me how you're going to use it. I was going to use it to make him freeze up. What are you going to say in your booming voice to this little dragon man who has clearly been laying an ambush to intimidate him?
3: Lead us to your leader. Who or who sent you?
2: I mean, and you're saying that in common. What language are you saying it in? Draconic. While you're doing that, Baba, what? would you be doing? How wide is the pit? Eight feet across. You had seven feet between you and the pit and then seven feet on each side of the pit and then seven feet from to where he's at.
4: I'll, I'll run over to him and I'll actually get closer to him, like next to the pit and use my action to dodge.
2: And then Todd, what are you doing? Dude, do I have any quick checks for other traps? Because you could spend your action doing a investigation check to see if there's anything else in the vicinity that could potentially be a trap. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And Moyle, roll me an intimidation check. And Todd, give oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, investigation check. Moyle got a zero on intimidation.
4: You scared yourself.
2: you actually are hitting on him a little bit like it's been a while since you've spoken draconic (laughs) your draconics a little rusty you mean to say hey man if you don't get out of here i'm gonna stomp you and it probably means like hey man we just came here to get you off
3: that seems to be the theme of this episode
2: does seem to be moyle's primary talent he does react. He kind of thinks about it for a second and then shakes his head. No, it's an attractive offer, but he is here for a different reason. And then Todd gave me a, an investigation check. No, nope, you don't see any more traps. Eldrin, you're up.
0: Can I stay where I'm at and just wait and prepare to get out of the way as well? Uh, you could
2: shoot him with your bow, or yes, you could also save an action.
0: I, I just still don't know what the hell his deal is. I guess I should attack.
2: <laughs> what? You're
0: in a pit. I mean, he was just sitting there. He had a trap pit. That doesn't mean he was doing it doing anything yet? I don't know. I need
2: to see another egg.
0: All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is there any cover nearby? Like,
2: Clearly he and his buddies were there at the camp where you guys found a, a mutilated lumberjack and then got covered in various forms of piss and other stinking fluids. <laughs> You were then led to an ambush site and fate was dropped in a pit. But this all really could be a big misunderstanding.
0: I mean, I don't speak Draconic, so I don't know what the hell he said. If there's anything nearby that I could take cover behind, I would like to stand near that. If not, I will try to just shoot him with my arrow from where
2: I'm at. There's plenty of stuff that you could, I mean, you could move deeper into the woods and get partial cover for sure and still have a beat on this guy if you want to use your turn doing that.
0: Yeah, let me do that. I want to stay away and try to get a good position on him.
2: And fate, that is you. You're 20 feet down, very securely excavated pit trap.
5: So do I have line of sight on him at all?
2: I'm going to say it's not wide enough for you to see him up over the lip. No, not without climbing up a little bit.
5: All right. So I guess I'm going to try and spend my turn getting myself out of said
2: hole. What's your movement speed?
5: 30 feet.
2: All right. So you were able to get 15 feet up out of the, well, give me an athletics check first. Sorry. You dig your hands in to the earthen walls, but you just do not have the upper body strength to pull yourself even 10 feet. I mean, look, let's be honest. At the library, you do maybe two or three pull-ups, but pulling yourself all the way up out of this pit's just just not, not happening this turn.
5: Yeah, that, uh, that makes sense.
2: Yeah. And then that brings us to the kobold's turn, who walks up to the edge of the pit and is going to fire down into the pit at Fate.
5: Oh, fun times.
2: Fate, hey, what's your AC? Uh, 16. Does a natural 20 hit? No. I really am sorry on that. So you see the little guy walk up.
5: Wait, 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 wait a second. Wait, 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 back up, back up. I'm a cat shield.
2: Oof, what's your armor class?
5: That's going to bump it to a 21.
2: How many hit points do you have?
5: 7.
2: We're going to set the precedent right now with you guys. I can definitely let you use shield to prevent this natural 20 from hitting you because normally natural 20s and natural 20s and natural 20. A natural 20.
5: Oh, oh,
2: okay. For the future of the campaign for y'all, anybody that you guys go up against will have the same natural 20s are not an automatic success if they can circumvent it.
4: Not, natural twenty are a success.
5: No, 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 The a natural 20. Yeah, no, that's fine. I didn't realize it was a nat 20. I just thought it was like you rolled.
2: No, I will say dirty 20 if it's a dirty. Uh, the good news is he is a little dude, so what looked like a big crossbow in his hands is in fact just a hand crossbow. Noted. Which, unfortunately, I still think do 1d6. All right, you're going to take uh, four more points of damage. You rolled two ones.
5: Ow, ow, ow. Oh, no, I'm sorry,
2: he rolled a uh, three and a one because I rolled two d6s.
5: Ow. Did I say ow? I said ow.
2: Mm, you said Mm out so you see this little dragon guy walk up to the edge of the pit and like shooting mages in a bear. Bobby you're up
4: all right I will actually push him into the pit
2: okay let's do a uh, opposed strength check here He got an eight on the strength check. He beat me
4: because I rolled
2: four. You guys see Baba heroically grab this three-foot little dragon dude, and the dragon dude just totally shrugs him off. Baba's trying to, like, ultimate warrior, press slam him into the pit, and the guy brings up his tail and kind of breaks the hold and then steps back and reloads his crossbow. Todd, you're up. I'm sorry. I'm trying to understand this sneak attack. I don't think I can sneak attack anymore. Yeah, you can. So with with sneak attack doesn't technically mean sneak attack. It's more like a, it can be when you're attacking from hiding, but it also can be when you're attacking an engaged opponent. So because Baba is in melee range with him, you can flank him and roll to hit. Okay. Uh, Yeah, that'll hit. So yeah, nine points of damage to this guy. I'm definitely
1: ninja rolling behind him like I did into the tent. That's that's kind of my signature move. It's a ninja roll uh, into a backstab. Followed by the combo, forward slash, on
2: the dagger. i sure it's Todd wants to be ninja. Then, you know what? Give me an acrobatics check there, champ. Oh, no. <laughs> After trying to suplex the kobold into the pit, Baba, feeling a little bit ashamed that he got a manhandled, pulls out his bagpipes to play a traditional dirge of embarrassment. Kobold is so blatantly distracted that he does not see you do like, it's like when your kids are learning to do a somersault and they're still kind of intimidated by it, where so they get all the way down first and then put their head to the ground and then kind of flip their body slowly over it and then pop up. It's a it's a role and it's a role a ninja might do, but it's not a great one. And then you stab him in the, in the kidneys and he just gasps and dies. All right, then. welcome,
1: guys. You're welcome. Had, had we just backstabbed him in the first place, like I suggested, you wouldn't be down in this, hill, in this pit.
5: You're right. I would be. You might be. So you know, just uh, s- toss me down some rope and get me out this hole. Thank you. I put a javelin
4: in the ground and, or actually, I just t- I just throw down some rope. Never mind. I just throw down some rope and help him up.
2: You can get out of the out of the pit, no problem, with some rope. How you doing on hit points? Let's just say I'm
3: about to die. Then I will give you a healing potion. No, just heal them.
4: Just that's a there's a to of a healing potion. Just just heal them with a spell. Oh, then when I no longer have a spell. Yeah, but you could sleep and get a spell
2: back. You guys can either go ahead and just bite the bullet and camp for the night. This would actually be a decent place to camp, being kind of tucked off the path, at which point you could take a long rest and fate would heal back up. Or you could cast Cure Wounds on him, at which point that would burn one of your first level spell slots, Andrew. And then, But you get that back when you guys take another long rest.
3: What do you guys want to do? you guys want to keep going? Or do you guys want to
1: sleep? I don't want to camp. I'd like to keep going. It's just... But fate is over there... Crying and and his wounds are just oh it's bad it's bad
5: it's, I am bleeding I've
1: never heard, I've never heard a man cry like this before <laughs> so if you could if you could heal him so he could stop the whining that would be just excellent anyone else annoyed at fate's
5: cry? whoa whoa fate is not crying fate is whimpering a little bit fate is just, you know he's he's a tough guy okay
3: so all in favor of me curing fate and us continuing on the journey help or camping and continue on the journey next morrow uh just him and let's go
5: as long as fate is healed
3: he is now whatever (laughs) (laughs)
2: all right okay sounds like you guys are going on to cast so there you go six points of healing back
3: level one healing
2: all right cool all right you guys get Fate healed back up is there anything you guys want to do before you head back around back on the path
3: should we have check in the hidey hole see if there's anything
2: I was going to check his body. He is, he's a kobold. All you guys are relatively familiar with what a kobold is. They're little tiny dragon people. He does appear to be a little bit sickly. Definitely not the, the strongest of the lot and clearly was set here to lure you guys into this trap. Other than the cloak and the crossbow and a couple of bolts for the crossbow, he doesn't have a whole lot on him. Does
3: he have a map on him? Does he have any information on him or any gold, silver, silver?
2: He's got a cloak. He's got a crossbow, and he's got five bolts, and that's it. He's not wearing pants. He's not wearing a shirt. Nothing else. Little little naked dragon man.
3: Nothing in the foxhole. Nothing like out of
2: platoon. I know there was a mage down in there for a little bit, but it's it's empty
3: now.
1: Elgin, are you continually leading us from the from the hiding spot that you was at? Let's
2: go back in the
1: Elgin, when he hid, he just he was very quiet. I see.
0: I had myself muted. That's why.
2: <laughs> he faded into the woods and watched yeah. you guys somewhat ridiculously murder a little dragon guy.
0: Yeah, I thought that was going to be a little bit more complicated than that. I didn't know you were going to stab me. It's just going to turn to dust. Sorry. <laughs> yeah.
2: His whole purpose was to lure you guys into the pit trap. Kobolds. Actually, you know what? Fate, give me a history check or Eldrin, give me a survival check.
5: So my, my wonderful one liner got covered up whenever I got healed because I feel defeated yet. Inexplicably rejuvenated. Hey...
2: There you go. There's a nat 20 for you. So yeah, Faye, you wrote one of your early theses on the behavioral patterns of kobolds in the Normirian regions and it is really one of their standard strategies to uh, set up traps like this where they put the sick and the elderly out who may not be very useful in combat anymore. This guy's sole purpose appears to be to get one of you to fall into a pit. And while it cost him his life, at least he went out on top.
4: (laughs) Noted. So, I guess we should backtrack? He was watching the road though, right? Yeah, he was he was watching the road. So, are we like hi are can we are we overlooking the road now? Looking down on the road a little bit. But how far is it?
5: I relay the information about what I know about that pit. And I would say that knowing that the looking at the road might still be part of the trap. I think we should probably watch back where we came from.
2: I will tell you that you could intuit it's a fairly a win-win. Either you guys came up here to try and kill him and fall in the pit, or you walked past him and got shot from his vantage point. Yeah, it's about probably about 25 feet down the way it circled around from where he was originally positioned to the actual path. And it's not super steep. You guys could actually work your way back through the brush down the hill, back onto the main path. You don't have to go all the way back around again.
0: We don't see anything like looking down at the path.
2: No, it's the middle of the night. You don't see a whole lot of anything. So are you guys going straight back down the hill or are you circling around? Let's go let's go down the hill. Get back onto the main path, which again is not the super wide car track. It's like a little foot trail. Continue to follow that along for about another 15, 20 minutes. Who's up at the front, Baba? Uh,
0: Eldrin's up at the
2: front. Eldrin, okay. You, can, you do, after about 20 minutes further walking, you can see something, two somethings actually doing what could only be described as toddling down the road towards you. They're far enough away you can't quite make them out yet. Let's say they're about 60 feet away down the path from you, but they're kind of walking side by side, but it's it's not like a stride. It's more like a like a toddle.
0: Can we get off the path and hide on the side of the road real quick?
2: <laughs> you guys could roll some stealth checks real
1: quick. There are two of them. And-
0: I just want to wait until I see what they're, what they're doing. I, I mean, I assume they're bad. I
2: don't know. All right, so Moyle noisily steps off the path and crouches down in some bushes. Are you guys hiding, or what are you doing? Uh, yeah, we hide. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Then I will need stealth rolls from everyone. Oh my god. So you guys are all trying to hide on the same side of the road and there's only so much like shoulder in between the footpath and the hill and Eldrin you're kind of stuck like being the la- you know being in front you're the last one to try and get in there so you're kind of hanging half out of the brush to the side of the road and actually onto the road of the south so everybody else is pretty well obscured but you unfortunately are, are poking out a little bit and these things start to get closer at about 30 feet away you're you're pretty sure these look like goddamn babies. Coming down the road like little little human babies, just toddling down the road towards you. They're thirty feet now.
0: Well, that doesn't seem
5: natural. <laughs>
2: yeah, hey, <baby. laughs>
5: it was running through my head, and then you said it.
2: All right, they're at twenty-five feet away now. Did someone already make the Chappelle joke? <laughs> yes. Yes.
5: Uh, I would like to try to hide again? Can I try
0: to hide again? I don't want to know what the fuck these things are. <laughs> they're creeping me out.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. It doesn't work like that. They're 20 feet away.
0: All right. Just, I'm going to draw my bow. I, I'm going to draw my bow, and <laughs> I'm going to shoot at the babies. <laughs>
2: real quick because I'm going to give you a surprise round on the babies (laughs) the rest of you can see this and you can say like by the by the point where they're at now you can hear this like (laughs) like the slight cooing coming from them and you see Eldrin fully step into the road and take sight on and draw down on these two little toddlers. Adorable, little curly-haired loincloth, kind of look like they've been lost out in the woods for a couple of days. Hey,
4: it's my reaction to try and stop him.
1: <laughs> Can we pull him into the bushes or just let them walk by or un-
4: <laughs> Listen, I tried to hide again
0: and
5: I wasn't able to. You
1: could have just let these babies walk past. That's what <laughs>
4: Bro, when have you seen babies marching?
5: In the middle of the night. Yeah, they're like clearly
0: like monster babies. <laughs>
4: I'm just saying, maybe we sell a weed.
1: Wait, you wouldn't fight the guy with the crossbow lined on us, but you were willing to shoot these babies.
3: Yeah, because they're a lot easier. <laughs> fool me once. <laughs> <laughs> Time on you.
1: Wait, wait. With the fool me once logic, I'm kind of with Jamie now. I think he just won me over the fool me once logic. I'm going to let the bats roll and see
2: what uh, fate does. I'm going to see how real he is.
4: Baba's definitely going to try and slap him if if he if, if he's in reach.
2: You can try and tackle him. Gonna, you guys are going to have to do an opposed strength check. All
4: right. I'm tackling.
2: God, these terrible strength rolls. Uh, roll a strength roll, Eldrin. Bam! Yes! Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you guys see Baba, this Black Panther barbarian gear big stone tip spear and shield pounce up arcing through the air and just man if he jumped a little bit like two feet further it would have been a perfect tackle but he comes short enough to where he just kind of like lands to where his forehead slides down the side of Eldrin's quad and Eldrin, take your shot roll to hit oh god he's smashing these babies These babies <laughs> <laughs> roll, roll damage.
5: Aim small, miss small. My man, Elgin's if p- kids.
2: Were <laughs> you shooting the baby on the left or the baby on the right?
5: Uh, let's go with left baby.
2: <laughs> you line up your shot, shrug off a fairly ineffectual tackle from Baba, and sail an arrow right through the night into that baby's torso, at which point its face lights up, and I mean literally lights up, like flames start to shoot out out its eyes. Its mouth makes like an O circle, and you hear this high, keening wail. We've all got kids. We've all heard that cry before. It's the one that just sets you on on edge, and it just starts barreling towards you.
4: Okay, this worked out. Why am I rolling 20s on initiative and 8 on everything else?
2: Baba with a 20, Fate with a 12. The babies get a 6. Todd gets... Todd gets a six. He's as fast as your average baby. That's eighteen for Eldrin. Moyle, you rolling? God damn. Okay, so what's your dexterity, Eldrin?
4: He can go first. I'm on, I'm on the ground.
2: So Eldrin's going to go first. Moyle's going to go second. Jesus Christ, with the twenties on initiative. Eldrin, Baba, Moyle, Fate, then the babies, and Todd. Eldrin rolled eighteen, didn't he? Yeah, I'm. I only rolled eighteen. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. So it's Baba and Moyle first. Okay. We're fighting baby.
4: And so the baby, you said the baby's head did what? He lit on fire.
2: They're 20 feet away. His eyes shot out flame, like lit up on fire. And he made like a circular O with his mouth and you can see flame bubbling out of it. And he started make a hi- making a high keening wail and start to continue to toddle towards you.
4: You need to shut these babies up. You said they're 20 feet away? Correct. All right, so I'm, I'm on the ground.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll give. I'll let you get up as a free action. Um, in this particular case, I'm not going to say you're prone because you tried to stop Eldrin from shooting a baby. I'm not going to penalize you for that.
4: <laughs> All right. So I will rage and then attack flaming baby.
2: Baby on the left that's damaged, or baby on the right that's not hurt. Did they both start flaming? The one on the right did not.
4: I'm attacking flaming baby.
2: Rolled a hit. <laughs> A 10 is not going to do it. You uh, bring your spear back. This baby's a little bit shorter than the kobold. If this had been the kobold, you would have speared him right in the face. But you're, again, just have been a little bit off all night, Baba. And you whiff over the head of the baby. Moyle, that's your move. I will inflict wounds. Use inflict wounds. All right. So that means you're going to walk up and slap one of the the babies.
3: I will be uh, taking my staff. And the eyes will glow red, and I will bonk the baby over the head. And at the point of impact, the spell will inflict a necrotic wound on the top of the head.
2: Roll the hit using your spell attack modifier. 13. That does not hit. You get a little bit uh, tangled up in Baba and whiff over the top of the baby's head as well. Eldrin, you are up. You've got a clear shot on the baby on the right, but right now Baba and Moyle are obscuring the baby on the left. So you could use your movement to kind of flank around, still shoot the injured baby, but you're going to have to move to do it.
0: Is there any like tree branches hanging over the path that I could like jump up to or?
2: yeah I mean yes, you're in a forest. you could climb up a tree if, and get an advantage if you want, but it would take your entire turn to do so.
0: All right, then i I'm going to sidestep so I can get a clear shot on the baby that's heading towards us. Well, the one that's the one that's barreling towards us on fire the,
2: well, they've stopped now because Baba and Moyle went up and engaged in hand-to-hand combat with them. So they, okay. they've both stopped now to.
0: Okay, then, then maybe, then it's not as. Then I'll just shoot the one on the right. Can I? Can I use my ensnaring? What is it? Ensnaring strike?
2: Uh, yeah, that's a bonus action. Um, I think you can. I think you get to see if you even get to hit before you cast that.
0: Okay. Twenty-five.
2: Yeah, yeah, that that hits. So we click on ensnaring strike for me. All right, so uh, next time you hit a creature with a weapon attack before the spell ends, oh no, you have to cast it beforehand, I'm sorry. So bonus action, concentration up to a minute, Um, but did it before you shot the arrow. A writhing mass of thorny vines appear at the point of impact and the target must succeed on a strength saving throw or be restrained by the magical vines until the spell ends. The baby rolls a six. Not very strong. So you shoot an arrow out. It slams into the baby's torso. Go ahead and roll damage for the arrow. And it totally Batman Bolo style shoots out this massive vines and wraps up the baby. Four. Cool. That brings us to Fate's turn.
5: So Fate wants to get a straight up line of sight on whichever baby he can do without while also getting as far away from said babies as possible.
2: With them being 20 feet away, what's your movement?
5: Uh, 30, yeah.
2: Yeah, so Eldrin, did you go to the left side of the road or the right side of the road?
0: I, I shot the one that I could shoot. But I
2: have to- yeah, you had, you had to move a little bit to flank. So if you're shooting, if you're shooting the uninjured baby, I'm going to say you went to the right side of the road yeah. because that was the one on the right side. So really, your best bet.
5: Be to kick out to the left.
2: Oh, no, kicking out to the left. There's a the hill on the left hand side. Oh. Okay. So you're really going to have to kind of stay on the road. But if you just go straight back from where you're at, you'll have line of sight on the baby on the right.
5: Sounds perfect. That's exactly hit him with the fadeaway. Beautiful. So yeah, you know, I kind of step out into the road and then take a, you know, trot backwards a little bit, hit him with the, uh, the Kobe as I let loose with a, um, Ray of Frost here with a 13 to hit.
2: All right. You use a, a spell casting focus, right? You're using your onk.
5: Yes. So I clutch the bottom, the lower portion of the ankh, leaving the the more cross and oval section out of the top of my fist, kind of pull down from it. And an icicle forms in my hand and I throw it straight out and the beam leaves from my hand with the icicle at the tip.
2: And it sails just a bit outside to the oh, right of the baby and off into the woods. It, if it makes you feel any better, I do think you hit a, an owl because you can hear a paw, uh, off into the woods. So you did hit an owl, but baby's okay. Todd, I'm going to let you go before the babies go. I'm definitely sneak attacking a baby. All right. Baby on the right or baby on the
1: left? Left baby. Baby on fire. They both on fire now that they've been attacked? They've both lit up.
2: Then the left one. Roll to hit. Oh, man, you know I don't miss. All right. Uh, so roll your regular damage and then your sneak attack damage. So 15 total damage? Mm-hmm, baby. Oh, yeah. This, uh, I'm tired of doing my roll. My roll has, has failed me
1: multiple times. But I this time I do uh, just a, a run up. Just run up aggressively to the back and stab him. That's what I'm going to do this time, yeah, just to run up, because I'm tired of missing on my my roll and look like a fool, so I just run up to make sure I stab him and get this thing done.
0: Shanking that baby.
1: Baby shank, yes. I didn't want to shake the baby, though, but this is what it's come to.
0: I mean, he lit on fire.
1: Yeah, You
2: would, too, if you got shot with an arrow, unprovoked. (laughs) You guys see Todd circle wide around, come up behind the baby, just impale it through its torso. Its skin sloughs off, and it no longer looks like an adorable baby, but instead it looks like a flaming little magma demon. And upon stabbing it and doing that much damage, it starts to make a hissing whistle as steam starts to shoot out a number of cracks that appear across its body, radiating out from Todd's sword point. I'm gonna need everybody in melee range of the baby to give me a dexterity save. Baba, you would get advantage on this one. Okay, so he explodes in a magical burst of fire and magma. So he cracks open and flame shoots out little fireball and lava kind of spatters out into the forest. It's, it's damp enough that nothing immediately catches on fire. And you guys manage to mostly dodge out of the way. Everybody who was around him gets a little splash with a little bit of flame and takes one point of damage. Everyone, including me.
5: <laughs> you're in
2: rage. Wait, But I, I, I'm fire resistant. Me? Yeah, you're already taking half damage. So, you know what? Yeah, you, you're okay, Todd. You shrug it off. You get a little magma on you. You flick it off. It's actually the first cool thing that you've done.
3: <laughs> Does he no longer smell because of the magma?
2: No. So, imagine if you put a skunk... God, yes in a microwave and that's what todd smells like yeah baba you and moyo smell like hot urinal now
1: if if he lets off this aoe effect does the baby take damage also or is it just
2: that no the other baby would be immune to fire so he does not makes sense i took no damage and killed the baby you're welcome guys is
4: it the other baby's turn he's gonna go 1d6 damage it's going to say he takes the Thorn damage.
0: Oh, okay.
2: So roll that then, Eldrin. Five. Okay, so when the finds constrict down on the other baby, does that happen at the start of his turn or the end of his turn?
5: It says start.
2: Okay. It crushes him, and he explodes open in a burst of fire and mag. Everybody, the same people who gave me a saving throw before, give me another saving throw. Fire doesn't do damage to me, so do I have to fit, do a saving throw still? Take half damage. You're not immune. You're resistant. Nice. Damn. What? I
3: know you get a 2 and you get a 25.
2: Natural 20
1: plus my 5, sir. Thank you. Thanks for
2: that math. Moyle, you're caught flat-footed. Baba and Todd managed to step out of the way. Moyle, you're going to take 6 points of damage. Baba, you're going to take 3. Todd, you're going to take 1. This time you get a little singed. Fate, give me an Arcana check.
5: Have approximate knowledge of many things
2: i don't think you do no these definitely weren't babies
5: i do know that they weren't babies
2: <laughs> <laughs> with a nine you know it's not normal for babies to burst into flame like that whether they're shot with arrows or not
5: sounds like the answer of a person who knows, has approximate knowledge of many things hey guys i don't know if you guys are aware but um that's not normal babies don't uh don't erupt in the fire like that
1: i'm let you know i didn't need a degree to know that so is that what your library degree got you
5: first off my degree is in magic <laughs> Not in the library. I did work uh, in the library at my college, where I spent a lot of my time reading. But that's another story.
1: I looked at the, the job posting and said you needed a degree in library for that.
5: All I know is CMA is the greatest majors academy there is. See, that's why it's right here on my back. He turns around, gestures to the giant CMA print on his on the back of his cloak.
4: Look,
1: that's dirty from that pit he was in a little while ago.
5: Whoa,
1: whoa, is it? He's <laughs> <laughs> got all that pit juice off of him. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Not to change the subject, guys, but we are still tracking some people here. Right, right. right, No need for the infighting. I don't want to get ambushed again by, you know, monster babies or something. So let's keep it moving. Not babies. Not babies. Definitely
5: not babies.
2: We wouldn't have been ambushed if we'd been able to sleep loyal well, i'll let you do an arcana check you're the spell in the group to see if you can maybe identify what these guys were okay a 10 you know they definitely weren't babies and they <laughs> caught on fire they you do know that they probably had some kind of elemental component to them which does seem strange to be there with kobolds
5: i think uh oh um they're the things you know the things it's that's why i, I rolled an arcana check again so i could try to remember what the heck the thing Are no, nothing. All
2: right, are you searching the the little cracked open lava baby corpses? Moil is that what you're rolling investigation for?
3: Yeah, I was trying to see if I could get anything from the nature around me, you know, voodoo stuff.
2: What you guys will be able to put together from that is up to this point, you've Mm -hmm. been able to deduce that you're following a pack of kobolds, and up until this point, everything has been fairly standard kobold tactics the irritating traps at the Lumberjack Camp, the guy that was the bait and pit situation. But you know for a fact, while kobolds occasionally have some magical casting abilities, being able to summon... Any kind of elemental minion is way out of their scope of ability. And at that moment, fate, it does trigger something that you would remember because you did come out here hunting an artifact that you could potentially get your hands on and hock it. You know, everything kind of slides into place that... tetrahedron it was called was a crystal that did imbue some magical elemental abilities and some elemental control upon its bearer so it's entirely possible that these were summoned by that artifact that you're looking for
5: so um guys i'm not i can't i can't confirm per se but i've got a good feeling That these things might be related to a certain a certain certain artifact that I'm interested in for reasons that we don't need to get into right now.
3: Oh, yeah. Indiana, what is it? It's
5: a a magical artifact of unknown untold powers that may or may not have been able to uh, generate those uh, those whatever those
3: elemental creatures.
5: Well, they were definitely creatures of some element. Yes, fire. But uh, you know, whatever their proper name is it eludes me at the moment. So, forgive me for that. There's a lot of information to try and sift through inside of my mind.
0: Should we be concerned
5: that there's worse things coming then or uh um I would say it's definitely within the realm of possibility that there are oh, worse things out.
2: You got me here, guys. Don't worry about it. Give me a history check, Fate. Ooh, nice! With the seventeen. So when when Moyle asked you that question, you remember back to the original tome that you stumbled across, which sent you in this direction. So the tetrahedron was at one point in the hands of an Orcish elementalist who put together a large war party and started to threaten the western half of Dac until they were pushed back by the paladins of the the god of law and justice. And in fact, now that you think about it, there was was a tomb back at the waypoint for a guy who fell in that battle. So, yeah, this thing is potentially extremely dangerous and extremely valuable. Uh, you had me at extremely valuable. Okay, so to recap, you guys, Rufi, the store clerk, Bingo. fell for every trap that I set up and killed an old man and some babies,
3: a senile old man, and monster babies.